0: i am who it says i am i can do what it says i can do i will be what it says i can be and i can have what it says i can have today i will hear the word of god i boldly declare that my mind is alert my heart is receptive my ears are open And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. And your word, Father, causes all the promises of God in Christ Jesus to flow into our lives as we obey it. We thank you that our ears are open. Our spirits are receptive to hear what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to us today. And as we yield our hearts to you, I thank you, Father, that the word that we have today is going to minister to our lives and that we will never, ever be the same. And so as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through me to speak the oracles of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As we approach the end of another year and then transition into the holiday season, we must realize that each one of us have the potential to allow stress, anxiety, and pressure to overtake our God-given peace. How many know holiday times can do that if you let it? Today, we're going to learn how much power peace has. And how we can live in a constant state of peace regardless of what's going on around us. And so today I want to minister to you with the topic, the power of peace. Say that with me. Say the power, power. of peace. Now you say, well, pastor, I need some money. And if I had some money, I would get some peace. Well, after I get, get through teaching you this morning, you're going to see that peace attracts money. Most people think that outside or external things is what creates peace in their lives, and it doesn't. Amen. It might create a little happiness for a little while, but next thing you know, you're still going to have a level of discontentment because God never designed things outside of us to create contentment and peace. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles quickly to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I hope you have your page turning fingers on your hand this morning because I have quite a bit of scripture that I'm going to cover with you this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the average person uh, has probably never heard a message on peace. How many have never heard of a message just on peace? Let me see your hand. If you've never heard somebody just minister on peace. How many have heard peace before and, you know, you didn't know to learn too much from it? Let me see your hand. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you're going to learn something this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Are you there? Okay. Look in verse 23. Here's the point I want want you to write down. Peace is so important that it is a part of who God is and it's a fruit that we should manifest in our lives. Just like God is love, God is also peace. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look in verse 23. It says, and the very God of what? Come on, class. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What I wanted to show you is that God is a God of peace. And if we are serving the living God, we should walk around consistently in peace. And if we're not in peace, and I'm going to explain to you what peace is, and I'm going to tell you what peace is not, because sometimes we think peace ain't what it is. Amen. Now, go to Galatians chapter 5 very quickly, Galatians 5. Let me show you that uh, peace, manifesting peace, is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Most of the time we read the fruit of the Spirit and we just fly through it. But in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22... It tells us what the fruit of the spirit is. And the opposite of the fruit of the spirit is what most people operate in. See, you have the spirit of this, you know, the the manifestation of the uh, fruit of the spirit. And then you have the fruit of the flesh. Now, the fruit of the flesh is mentioned before the fruit of the spirit. If you look in verse 19 of chapter 5, it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. And it talks about what those are. But in verse now 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is first what? Love, and then what's the second one? Joy, and then what's the third one? Peace. Peace. So the fruit or the manifestation that comes from the Spirit of God that's inside of us is peace. Now, what is peace? I want you to write this definition down. Peace is a constant state of undisturbed quietness. It is a constant state of undisturbed quietness that produces security, prosperity, and And a life exempt from worry, stress, and anxiety. Now, I know you said, Pastor, I'm going to get all that down. I'm going to say it again. Peace is a constant state of undisturbed quietness that produces security, prosperity, and a life exempt from worry, stress, and anxiety. Notice I said exempt. Now, I should have told you to keep your hand in 1 Thessalonians because I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians now. 2 Thessalonians. God's will for us is to walk in peace. And there are people in this room today. You are substituting the peace of God for other stuff. See, there are some people in this room that drink. I'm not talking about water either. There are some people in here that drink. And then there are some people in here that drank. How many know the difference? Okay. Okay. If you just drink, you might be just a social drinker. You know, a glass of wine every now and then. But if you drink, that means that you are consumed with alcoholic beverages. I was on the plane not too long ago, and the guy that I sat next to was consumed with alcohol. It was coming out of his hair pores. You know what it smells like when it's like that, right? And, and, and I just had out of all the seats on the airplane. Why did I have to sit next to him? And this dude, I'm telling you, I held my breath the whole time. I was like this. And he was probably wondering. He wasn't paying attention because he was asleep. But I'm sitting next to this man, and this drinking is coming out of his skin. I couldn't even enjoy my airplane ride. And I started thinking, I wonder, what is this man drowning in his life? What does he not have peace about that he's trying to get this alcohol to become his peace? Oh, and that's what happens. And so some, sometimes people use alcohol. Some people use drugs. Illegal and legal drugs. You know, there are some people in here uh, using drugs. Kind of quiet in here, ain't it, this morning? <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, Amen. I know he ain't talking about you. Now, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to that person you just saw to, though. <laughs> Some people use, you know, like illegal drugs. And, and all people are trying to do is find peace. Amen. Go to 2 Thessalonians. Are you there? Look in verse, uh, chapter 3. Look in verse 16. Let me show you this. It says in uh, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, now the Lord of peace, the Lord of who? The Lord of peace himself gives you what? Peace. Peace. How long? Always. Always. Now watch this, by all means. He's saying the Lord of peace wants to give me peace at all means. In other words, regardless of what's going on in my life, God wants me to have peace. Somebody say amen to that. Now go to Colossians very quickly. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. Peace freely came through Christ, but it is a choice that we have to live with and it's not automatic. Colossians chapter 1. Peace was freely given to us through Christ Jesus, but it is a choice and not automatic for us to walk in the peace. Colossians chapter 1. If you're taking notes, write down verse 19. It says now, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. Talking about Jesus. Look at verse 20. And having made peace, how? Through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. In other words, peace came once the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. So if you are a believer this morning, you now have access. Say access. You now have access to the peace that was shed, when, uh, that was available when the blood of Jesus was shed. But I have found that most people don't know how to tap into the peace. And that's why I'm going to teach you this morning. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. You cannot tap into the peace of God. Unless you understand that every promise that God makes us. It has to be accessed by faith. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11. Look now in verse. I'm going to start in verse 32. Hebrews 11, 32. Watch this now. All the promises of God, including peace, must be accessed by faith. 11, look in verse 32. It says, And what should I say the more? For the time would fail me to talk about Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through what class? All of these people, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Through faith, they worked righteousness. And through faith, what else did they do? They obtained the promises. And you have to obtain God's promises with your faith. Amen. That just means that I'm going to believe what God says and I'm going to act like it's true. Amen. Now, go to Romans very quickly. Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans 5. Peace only comes through Christ and by faith. Romans chapter 5. When God makes us a promise, we, our responsibility after he makes the promise is to obtain the promise by faith and begin to walk in the promise. Romans chapter 5, look in verse 1 if you're there. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with who? God through who? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. So watch this now. The word justified just means made right. So we have been made right by God by faith. Right. In other words, I don't have to look over my shoulder over my past sins. All I have to do is tap into the grace and the faith that God released for me to have. So when you understand it's by faith, you don't have to see some folks live by works. That's right. Now. Now. Works are good because once you die and go to heaven, that's what God's going to reward you with. But you can't get saved by works. It says by grace are you saved through faith. There we go again. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So I'm not saved by what I do. I'm saved by what I believe. Now, here's the thing. Once you really believe, your life ought to change. Amen. Now, go to Romans chapter 15. Go to Romans 15. We can be filled with peace, but we must choose to believe we can experience it. Romans chapter fourteen, uh, chapter 15, Romans 15. Look now in verse 13. Romans 15, 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy, fill you with all joy and what? Peace in what? Believing. Be- your believing is going to... Determine whether you get the peace or not. Now, many of us, we hear. See, you believe what you hear. How many know you believe what you hear? Yeah. Faith comes by Hearing. hearing. You believe what you hear. And that's why you don't have peace like you ought to have because you're not listening to the right person. If all you do is sit around and listen to the news, read the negative newspaper, and listen, listen, you can spark up a conversation. I want you to try this tomorrow at work. I want you to go and spark up a convica- conversation and, and, and make sure it's negative and watch. They just run with it. Just go in and say, girl, how you doing? And she's going to probably say something negative. And you say, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do this holiday season. And you just watch, man. That conversation can go on for hours. But then... Start that conversation out positive and watch how short it starts. I mean, how short it is. How you doing? Man, I'm so blessed. The Lord has been so good to me. Man, I've seen him moving in my life and in my family's life. Oh, good girl. Let's go to work. Most people don't want to talk about what's good. Amen. Now, go to John 14. Go to John 14. Everybody say peace is a choice say it again peace Peace is a choice now he said that God would fill us with joy and peace in believing now believing is a choice John what did I tell you to go 14 now let's look now in verse uh, 27 and this is uh, Jesus made this promise he says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you Not as the world gives, not like drinking and smoking. and uh, They don't give you this kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. He says, the kind of peace I give unto you, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be afraid. That means I have the power to let it or not let it. Notice he said, the peace I leave with you and the peace I give unto you, not as the world give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. That means I can let my heart be troubled. Or I cannot let it be troubled. And you know how we let it be troubled? When we, negat- when we meditate on the negative news. Listen, don't let the blues of Christmas get you down. Because the real meaning for Christmas ain't shopping if you didn't know that. Amen. Everybody say, peace is a choice. Peace now go to John 20. Let me show you that peace is a choice. Believing is a choice. You know, you can, get, you can believe anytime you get ready. Most people do not know that you have an opportunity every day, every second of the day, to believe God anytime you get ready. Do you know your faith is like a tool? You can pick it up and use it anytime you get ready. And people say, well, I don't believe that. How, how, how can faith be ready to be used at all times because the Bible tells us to live by faith? Now, let me ask you a question. How many hours a day do you live? 24 hours a day. Right? If I live 24 hours a day and he tells me that I have to live by faith, that means being able to walk by faith has to be available 24 hours a day for me. And if it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that means I should be able to use my faith anytime I get ready. So that means I now you need to use my faith to walk in peace. Now, John 20, look at verse 25. This is, this is uh, Thomas, and this is what most people do. Verse 24, it says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And they said unto him, uh, he said unto them, Except I see, it with, uh, see his hands in the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. Read it with me. I will not believe Now, you know what? He could have said, I will believe. Jesus went on to say now, he said, touch me, touch me. And then he goes on to say in verse 27, he said to Thomas, reach here, my finger, your finger into my hands and reach your hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. So guess what? Anytime we walk by what we see, we're not believing. Did you see that? He said, don't be faithless, but believe. Because he was believing based on what he could see, touch, taste, and smell. And when you walk in the peace of God, you cannot walk in peace if everything around you is what concerns you. Now, go to 1 Peter real quick. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. I'm getting ready to jump into the heart of what I want to do this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3. In order to experience a good life, we must pursue peace. You must pursue peace. Say, pursue peace. First Peter chapter three, what is peace? Peace is a constant state of undisturbed quietness. In other words, when you're walking in peace, can't nobody mess you up. It doesn't matter what's going on. First Peter chapter three, look at verse 10. It says, for he that will love life, how many love life and see good days? How many want to see good days? Watch what he says we must do. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. If you want to live a good life, keep your mouth shut if it's negative. If you, listen, you can raise the quality of your life real high this morning just by making up your mind. I'm not going to say nothing negative. He says, for the person who loves life, And wants to see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Watch this now. And his lips that speak no guile. Let him avoid evil. And do what? Good. Let him seek what? Peace. Peace And what? Ensue it or pursue it. You have to pursue peace. And once you make your mind up to be peaceful. Everybody around you who don't want to walk in peace is going to test you. As soon as you make up your mind, I ain't going to argue with my spouse. I ain't going to argue. I ain't going to do it. 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 So you go home and y'all get in the car from church. And y'all, you know, you're going to pick up on the argument that you had on the way here. So now you're changing your strategy since you heard the, the word this morning. So he starts, he commences right there. Well, what you going to do? I told you not to spend that money on, your, on that dress and now we can't pay our light bill. Well, honey, I am so sorry I did that. It was wrong of me. Can you just forgive me and let's trust God that he's going to bring in that increase for us? Boy, that's pursuing peace right there. What are you going to say after that? Start cussing you out? See, what you got to do, you got to get yourself in position to pursue peace. So how do you begin to walk in peace? I'm glad you asked me. Go to Romans chapter 8. How do I begin to walk in peace? First of all, you got to understand that peace starts with a renewed mind. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If you're taking notes, you can write down verse 5. Romans 8, 5. You cannot walk in consistent peace without having a renewed mind. Romans 8. What did I tell you to go? What verse? Look in verse 5. It says, For they that are after the flesh... Do think about and meditate on the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Watch this now. For to be carnally minded is death. Watch this. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace comes when your mind is spiritual. How do you develop a spiritual mind? By putting spiritual word in your mind. You cannot change outwardly until you have changed inwardly. Your mind needs spiritual. See, your mind is in the spirit realm. The Bible tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. So your mind is spirit. So your mind needs spiritual material, spiritual information to move now from thinking like the flesh into the spirit. And so what you got to do, you got to take God's word and you can start thinking about it. Now, go to 2 Peter real quick. 2 Peter real quick. Because peace can be multiplied by what you know. Peace can be multiplied. Peace can be multiplied. In other words, that sense of, of, that state of undisturbed peace and quietness. And that produces security. Because I'm going to show you here in just a second. That when you walk in peace, prosperity comes into your life. Amen. First uh, Peter. What would I tell you to go? Second Peter. Peter. Go to chapter one. Keep your hand. If, well, yeah, yeah. Go to first Peter. Second Peter chapter one. I want to go to first Peter, but I'm, I'm going to try to stay systematic here. Second Peter chapter one. Look in verse two. Watch this now. It says. Are you there? Yes. I'm in first Peter. All right. Here we go. Grace. And what? Peace. Peace be what? multiplied how through the knowledge of God God and of Jesus Christ in other words the more you know about God the more peace you can have in your life and that's the problem most people don't have enough information about who God is and what Jesus has done in their life for their peace to be multiplied Now, let me show you how a mind thinks that has the right perspective of who God is and who Jesus Christ is in her life. See, when a problem comes in your life, when you're walking in peace, that problem comes and says, oh, man, you're going to get laid off. That's a thought, right? If I don't watch it, I'm going to allow that thought to disturb my peace. See, because you were fine until they announced that on your job. Why is it that you were fine before they announced that? You mean to tell me that them announcing that now makes them your source? See, the only reason things like that disturb us is because we have now viewed that job as our source instead of God. But when you know that God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and not by my job, when you know that, your peace cannot be disturbed. When your spouse is acting up, I mean, they're acting, they are just acting silly. And you, and you know in your mind, the Bible says that me and my household shall be saved. Your peace won't be broken by how they're acting if you would just consistently believe the Bible. Now, now for those of you who know, man, my wife and I, we're doing real good. Y'all ought to be doing good because we're doing good. I mean, really, I can't, when was the last time we had a fight? I don't it's, know, but it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't had one in a, in a while. And then this week we put Landon out of the room. <laughs> we put him out. Along, now, those of you who are visiting, Landon is our three month old. He's getting ready to be four months old. Yes. I mean, it took us a long time to get heaven out of our room. Seven Landon is out of the room. He in his own room. How great thou art. Make me want to sing, how great thou art. Praise the Lord. My peace is secure. The word multiply means... To increase and to abound. When it says here peace be multiplied. He's saying your peace has the ability. To abound and to increase. Now. Uh, go to Proverbs 3. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. We must. Th- I'm talking about now. How do I manifest peace? One of them I got to get my mind renewed. I got to put God's word in it. Because God's word is going to be to protect it. Over your thoughts. I believe most people. Their peace is disturbed because they don't have the shield of God's word around their heart. I mean, what has the ability to disturb your peace? What does? You know what? Most people fear not. Uh, they fear not having enough. That's most people. You know, if I give to the Lord, I'm not going to have enough. If if I don't work enough hours, I don't get enough. Well. The problem with that kind of thinking is you're not, never going to have enough if that's the case. Because the devil's going to make sure something is always going on in your life. But when you get the devil in check, see, the devil's in check in my life. Because, see, I don't have a contract with nobody here. In other words, y'all, how many came to church on their own? Let me see your hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like y'all came on y'all, y'all can choose to not come. And I just come up in here and I'm preaching to chairs. Well, how many know I still got, we still got a, 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 a land note to pay? How many know that? Amen. But see, once you have trusted, see, once you, God's brought you this far, and you got to use your testimony to help overcome the devil when he's trying to disturb your peace. Here it is now. Uh, one thing done went wrong, and you done forgot that God done brought you out of so much that shouldn't even matter. <laughs> Proverbs 3. We must become doers of the word. So how do you obtain peace? You got to do the word. When you do the word, peace will come in your life. Proverbs chapter 3, looking now at verse 1 and 2. He says, my son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. What is that? What are we supposed to do? Keep his what? Amen. That means obeying the word. He said, watch what's going to happen. When we keep his commandments, length of days and long life and peace will come to you. You want to have peace that passes all understanding? You do that when you obey the word. There's nothing like having peace in your heart because you know you've obeyed God. I mean, if you've been doing your job at an excellent level and it's layoff time, they're the one losing if they lay you off. You ought to have some confidence Because you've done your part At an excellent level So you got to become A doer of the word The word peace there When he says that When we obey his commandments Peace shall come unto us That word peace Is the Hebrew word shalom Which means happy, favor, and prosperity So watch this now I'm going to read again With that in mind Are you there? Are you there? Okay He's saying My son, forget not my law but let your heart keep my commandments for a length of days and long life and prosperity will it add to you. Prosperity comes when I do the word. Now, what's another one? Number three, go down to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26. What do I have to do to walk in the peace of God? First of all, I got to realize and understand that I have to have a mind that's renewed. Because when my mind is renewed, I begin to think like God. When I think like God, I have proper perspective. There is no problem in your life that God cannot resolve. There is nothing that can ever happen to you that God cannot fix. The Bible says even if something bad happened to you, He says He can work all things together for your good. So why are you sitting around worrying? Because God already knows what He's going to do. I remember, everybody said years ago. I remember years ago, uh, I don't know what had happened, but my wife and I, we, 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 we were in a jam. I'm talking about probably 10 years ago. No, it's probably longer than that. About 12 years ago, we were in a jam. I mean, and uh, it was time for a bill or something to come up, and we didn't have any money. Now, instead of doing what I normally know to do, and that is to use my faith, you know what I did? I started worrying. And worrying is proof that you're not walking in peace. I started worrying. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I thought about it and I thought about it and you know what? Let me see something. When you're sitting up there thinking about it, that ain't going to change it. And then I see some of y'all sitting at the table with a calculator adding the bills all over again. The figure ain't going to change just because you decided to re-add. Like the bill amount was going to change after you added it the first time. It's still the same amount. Well, I decided to take matters into my own hands. I went and took my wife's bracelet. I still owe you that bracelet, on it. Uh, that's good. Okay. I took my wife's. Well, I'm in carrots with that. That was four carrots. That was a four was carat a Rolex bracelet. Okay, baby. Okay, calm down. You need peace. You need peace. You need peace. I went and pawned old girl's bracelet. I sure did. I pawned it. I didn't even ask it either. I just like, you want lights? What y'all talking about? Ooh. You let the lights be off when you going to say, ooh. No, you ain't going to be saying ooh. Say, ooh, man, you better go get my bracelet and go pawn it. I went and pawned it. Guess what? The next day, a check came in the mail, way over the amount that we needed, and it showed me that I didn't trust God. And that point on in my life, I said, I will never, ever uh, respond in the flesh when something like that comes up in my life. Amen. Amen. So, you got to have a renewed mind. Then you got to multiply your peace by adding knowledge to your, into your, your heart. Then number three, you must be doers of the word. And then number four, you must maintain a righteous walk. Watch this now. Go to, uh, what did I tell you? Go, Isaiah 26, write down verse 3. Isaiah 26, 3. 26, look at verse 3. He says, God, you will keep him in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. Watch this now. Here's the condition. Whose mind is stayed on thee. We must control our thoughts and keep our minds on God to maintain our peace. In other words, whatever things are loving, whatever things are just, whatever things are honest, whatever things are good, think on those things. So how now do you make sure your heart stays in peace during this holiday period? You got to keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Don't let your mind run rapid. How am I doing this? And what am I going to do here? And how is this going to work? Listen, ball it all up in a wax ball and you present it to the Lord. Because the Bible says, you can write this down, Philippians 4, 6. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, we need to now take our worries to the Lord. So this morning, some of you all walked in with some worry. I don't know. I'm listening to you. I don't know what I'm going to do for my kids at Christmas. You know what? Whether you know or not, God knows. And you know what? Worrying about it ain't going to fix it. Some of you all are worried, well, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pass this course to get my license for whatever. Uh, whatever. Somebody's take, taking a course or some kind of, taking some kind of something to get into another industry or something. You're getting ready to take a test, and you're flipping out about it. That, that Worrying about it ain't going to fix that. Who's that? you getting ready to take a license test or something like that. Sweetheart right here. Anybody else? Anybody here, right here? Stand up. You two, stand up. Anybody else? This morning, you're getting ready to take a test or something to either get your degree or something, but it's getting ready to push you into another industry. you got to pass this test. Stand up. I believe God wants to minister to you. Hold your hands up if you would right there. Father, in Jesus' name, you already knew they had worries before they walked in here. And Father, the Spirit of God is telling me to tell you. He says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things back to your remembrance what you have studied. And so, Father, I thank you that when they walk into that test room they will not be worried. They will pray or say a prayer before they start. And Lord, when they see something and they don't understand it, all they'll do is stop right there and bow their heads and say, Lord, bring that answer back to my remembrance. And I thank you, God, that they will not only just pass, they will pass with flying colors. And we decree it so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. There are some people here this morning and you, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed right here. Uh, there are some people here this morning. And you're trying to figure out how you're going to save your house. You're in a jam. And you have allowed that situation to break your peace. I want to pray for you this morning. If you having trouble with your house and you feel like you're going to lose it. I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand right here. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you very much. I see your hand right here. Thank you. Put your hand down. Uh, You know what? Put both of your hands up. Put both of your hands up. I want to pray for you right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Those who just raised their hand, raise your hands up. Father, we just thank you because you are God that meets all of our need. You were able to feed the prophet Elijah at the brook. You fed him, Father, with meat by a ravenous bird in the day. And you were able to supply his thirst with a brook. And Father, if you are able to supply his need, you are able to supply their need. And so right now, in Jesus' name, I set myself in agreement with them. And Father, we cancel the spirit of worry that has tried to literally wear them down. And Father, I thank you for the peace of God, which says that all things will work together for good. Thank you, Lord. It's already fixed. Lord, let them see that it's already done. You've already made a way out of no way. And we declare over their lives right now that those mortgages will get caught up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for those needs being met. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hand down. You may be here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You need him today.